0: Hello, and welcome to the Next in Health podcast. I'm Igor Belokornitsky, a principal with PwC Strategy End, where I get to help leading health organizations with their strategies and operating models. On previous episodes, we have talked a lot about the life sciences industry and all the opportunities it has to innovate, to grow, and to differentiate and solve the margin challenges as well. And on a very recent episode, we talked about an opportunity for life sciences industry to engage better with the healthcare providers and prescribers using technology. And today we're going to go further into the value chain and talk about how life sciences companies can better engage with consumers and patients. And to help us with this conversation, we have two of our leaders, Jackie Newland and Elizabeth Otterman. Jackie is a director in our services and channels team, and Elizabeth is a principal in our customer strategy and insights team. And so Jackie and Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Igor. We're so excited to be here and talking with you today. This is a topic close to our heart. Perhaps I'll just do a bit of an intro first. So really nice to be on the show and looking forward to getting started and talking through this. I've been passionate about helping customers and patients in the life sciences industry for the past 18 years. And I think in my career, what I've seen is that I've been fortunate enough to be at a time of tremendous change where we're not only rethinking how you go to market, we're rethinking engagement, the channels that we utilize, and how we utilize data and technology to really make meaningful impacts in people's lives. And that's really exciting for me. So I'm looking forward to talking about it a little bit more, but I'll let Jackie introduce herself first.
2: Great to meet everybody. Jackie Newland. I have been working for more than 10 years and helping to create experiences within pharmaceutical companies, focusing across all of the various stakeholder groups. So as we think about patients and creating patient journeys and technology-enabled applications for patients to use with HCPs, the evolution of the channels and omni-channel and digital portals. So really excited to be able to be here today.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Jack, And thanks, Elizabeth. Fabulous to have you on. And for those of us who don't follow this industry as closely, HCPs are healthcare providers or prescribers in this case. And again, we have some prior conversations about this. And so we look to our life sciences companies to come up with life-saving treatments, and we appreciate them for this. But you're looking specifically at the experience that goes along with the treatment And so you've recently published a great study on this topic about why experience is important, what elements of experience are important, how to think about creating these experiences. So I'm wondering if you would share some of your learnings and the highlights of what you've published.
1: Absolutely. So if we start with why we wrote this, there's a ton of research that's available across industries on how engagement is changing and why experience is important. And what we wanted to do was bring together some of the great research that PwC has done on customers and the experience and what matters to them, along with some tangible actions that the life sciences and the healthcare industry can take to move forward. And what we found from our research is that the change story is really clear here, and it's very consistent. We see that four out of 10 healthcare CEOs do not believe that their business model is going to be viable in the next 10 years if they continue on this path. And we see on the other side of the coin that over 50% of consumers will abandon a brand if they're unsatisfied with an experience. And that matters for us in healthcare because our patients and our customers, the HCPs that you mentioned earlier, are consumers, and we need to reinvent the way we show up for them. And the question, however, is how. That's always the question. And that's where the hard part is. And so what Jackie and I tried to do was focus on how do you start to make these changes in your organization to focus on experience and change the engagement? And where do you build? And who can you start to learn from?
2: When we look at how other organizations are creating these types of experience, it's really critical to be able to understand how the component from a pharmaceutical company fits into the broader healthcare ecosystem. We had the opportunity to be able to help launch a patient solution to be able to support the holistic needs of patients. And one of the critical components that led to this success was really understanding across the ecosystem, what are the unmet needs that patient has and how can the pharmaceutical company be able to aggregate the right components across the ecosystem to be able to provide meaningful differentiation and an experience to the patients?
0: Thanks, Jackie. That's really helpful. And, you know, we've all had good experiences. We've all had bad experiences. We know the difference, but If an organization is looking to create an experience, how do we think about this in a structured way to make sure that we're building good experience, that we're thoughtful and intentional about it? Like what are some of these elements of a good experience you already started getting into? Kind of it has to reflect the needs, but what else do we need to think about?
2: Absolutely. When we think about creating these types of experiences, there's four key principles that set the foundation. The first, easy. As we think about the availability of data, technology, and experience, this can really create engaging and empowering experiences for consumers and patients. But it's the need to be able to create that seamlessly across different devices and different channels. Second, purposeful. Really being able to create experiences that lead with a human voice Considering and thinking about both behavioral as well as the attitudinal side of the needs of those patients. Third, personalized. Really being able to make sure as we have the influx of information and data and analytics to be able to provide the right information that is differentiated and relevant to that customer being able to bring the right content, but also being able to bring that in the right channel to your customers. And fourth is adaptable. The ability to continuously learn from the experiences and have the ability to improve that customer experience, creating flexibility as you're learning
1: from how people are interacting with your journeys. So Igor, what I find interesting is that In conversations, what you may hear is that these four principles can be found to some degree in many engagement strategies. But what's fascinating is that the way each company internalizes them is unique. However, there are some common themes that we've seen, and one of those is this notion of restructuring. So restructuring the roles and focus in your commercial and medical organization. What do commercial teams need to focus on where can they add value? How is their role changing? How do you enable and what do you enable through compliant collaboration? What are the ties of information and engagement between commercial teams and medical teams? What are the collaboration points between medical and clinical teams? And how do you restructure your organization to allow that? Or of capabilities, You mentioned one earlier, which is texting. That's not something that a lot of companies have really thought through how to internalize, although it does, of course, happen. But there's other capabilities that companies are building to meet new engagement needs and personalized content, such as modular content. So we're moving to this place, which is great, where we can utilize data and technology not only to secure insights around our customers and the patients that they're helping, but to make engagement easier, both engagement with your customers and patients, but also internally in the organization. However, one of the things that we cover in the paper, and this is really important, is that I believe mindsets are one of the things that leaders need to focus on. How do we, as an industry, remove these preconceived notions of what is possible? And how and where can we harness learnings from other industries and apply them to improve our experience?
0: That's a great point, Elizabeth. And speaking of mindset, when I think about the kinds of experiences that you're describing that are going to be easier, more purposeful, more personalized, more adaptable, to me, one of the outcomes of this is not just specific to a particular medication, but in overall increasing the consumer trust in the industry, and science, As we look forward to new treatments that are going to be coming out, new vaccines that are going to be coming out, it's critical to have these experiences that help increase trust. And that's the mindset, that change that we want. And Elizabeth, the other thing you mentioned that perked my curiosity was the role of technology. So I'm wondering if you'd speak a bit more on what is the role of technology in creating these better experiences?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time actually. Technology is not limited to the CIO or the CTO office. It's really facilitating change across the enterprise. And that change is in the form of new ways of working and new ways of engaging. And I think this is driven, as we all know, the mother of invention is necessity. And we needed to change over the past several years. And so what we saw is that digital ceased to be this thing in air quotes that every company was talking about implementing. And we saw it embedded because we needed to harness it to communicate in an environment where we couldn't interact face-to-face. And we're seeing that same change in technology now in new areas. We've been talking about augmentation and automation in this industry for years. However, what we're seeing is that Even though those have been applied in really interesting use cases like email subject line testing and sentiment analysis, there's this new evolution that's coming with generative AI. And we're already seeing that play out within the life sciences industry. We're already seeing companies experiment with generative AI. Think about how it can change the ways of working, the roles of their team members, the relationships between Brands and agencies, the relationships between internal functions. And that's really exciting. The interesting thing that we need to watch out for, however, in the risk is that we swing the pendulum back to an area where I think a lot of companies were a couple of years ago, where we go into pilot mania. And I think that's a risk because we need to stay away from standing up many pilots and diluting that innovation energy. And really think and be thoughtful about how we apply our innovation energy to drive the most value. And how are we going to assess that value? How are we going to measure it? And how are we going to make sure that we're adhering to the areas that drive the most impact for our key stakeholders?
0: Elizabeth, I love your point about driving value. And this might be a good place to kind of bring this to a wrap. Strategy is all about making difficult choices, and allocating scarce resources. And so for a life sciences company, there's so many different things it needs to invest in and spend time and money on. And experience is one of those and is clearly very important as you've described. But how does a life sciences company sort of justify and measure its investment in experience and make those trade-offs between this and other priorities? How do you know if it's working and if you're getting what you need out of it?
2: Absolutely. When we think about the return of the experience, companies need to be thinking about both the experience value, but also the business value. When we help others, we are looking to be able to tie some of the KPIs that you're looking to measure the experiences within to objectives that organizations are already driving towards, such as growth or shareholder value. So we think about that from a pharmaceutical standpoint, we think about revenue growth with MBX, kind of the new scripts or revenue retention when you look at market share or TRX is the continuing prescription, as well as then reputation growth, bringing in some of those customer satisfaction scores and sales engagement. So not just looking at the experience individually, but
1: really being able to tie it into broader organizational value. This point on measuring is so critical, Igor, and striking that balance between maximizing the perception of your brands and the experience that you create with the business performance that you see as a result is what separates really great ideas from sustainable business change. It's also really hard. It's also really hard, which is why we have helped so many customers as they start to think through this. And that brings us back to where we started our conversation at the beginning, which is how and where can you get started? And that's why, again, we focus this paper on making sure everyone is clear on the importance of experience, but really making it tangible so that you can get started. And we're, of course, happy to talk to any of your listeners if they have any further questions.
0: Elizabeth and Jackie, this was a fantastic conversation. Really appreciate you elevating the importance of experience for life sciences companies and showing how it can be beneficial for patients, for healthcare providers, and for the shareholders, and what a great experience really looks like and how to make it measurable and not get mired in the pilot purgatory. So great conversation. We will link your paper in the show notes. And thank you for joining us today. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, this has been Next in Health.
2: This podcast is brought to you by PWC All Rights Reserved.